Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, Darla Powell. Today, we're talking all about building community through interior design. And today's guest, Marilyn Damore and Jennifer Salvamini, have a, a thing or two to say about it. They have experience with their show houses and building up that serious community with their interior design business and their show houses and their effort. And you're going to find out more about that and what they do and how they do it. But also the little trickle down uh, effect of this philosophy of the system, which is all for the greater good to help build your interior design business through that collaboration and community. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Jennifer and Marilyn. Hey there, Marilyn, Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have both of you. How the hell are you? Hi, Hi. there, Marilyn. <laughs> good, nice to be here. It's nice. It's nice to finally meet you, Jennifer. I've heard so much about you. And Marilyn, you and I are old friends. You've been on the show, what, 100 years ago? Yeah, <laughs> maybe three years ago. It's been a while. It has. It has been a while. Pre-COVID, pre-before the world changed. It's so nice to see you guys again. And I'm super excited about our, our topic today. We're talking about building community through design. And that is something that is super close to both of your hearts, super passionate through the Kingston show house and, and all of that. So if you remember Marilyn's episode, you can go back in the show notes and, and uh, look at that. And what we talked about with her show house, amazing, amazing episode about how you can benefit from being a part of one. But this we're taking a little bit of a different direction about building your community through design, what that means, what that means for you, your community, your business, and uh, who better to talk to than the, the two experts here. So, before we dig into some of the questions, who wants to start off and tell tell me exactly what we're talking about, building community through design? What is what is the mission there? Okay, Marilyn, <laughs> Marilyn's pointing. Jennifer <laughs> explains it way better than I do. Sure. Um, so, so the idea behind the tagline or our motto or our mission is that through design, what we can do is connect people to each other, makers to makers, builders to makers, designers to makers, designers to builders, um, bridge all of these networks um, and create um, larger infrastructure so that everyone's individual practices, individual businesses can thrive and that we can support each other in what we do individually, but also create opportunities for collaboration. So, you know, hive mind gets together and more interesting products can be created, more interesting projects can emerge from it. Um, solutions to problems can, uh, can become resolved. Um, and it's more fun. Um, and so, you know, we as interior designers um, and entrepreneurs often find ourselves you know, sort of living in these business bubbles where you're just kind of out there on your own um, often reinventing the wheel if you're starting a business, um, and then having to find your, um, your people kind of on your own. So your painter, your carpenter, your plumber, um, your craftsperson, anyone that's going to make anything custom for you. Um, and it's a lot 
of extra work on top of the design work itself to just sort of build these networks and to to get your Rolodex, if you will, full of reliable people. I know. <laughs> you don't look old enough to remember. <laughs> you don't look old enough to remember a Rolodex, Jennifer. <laughs> I, know. I, I, don't, I don't know what the equivalent is, I guess your contact list. But um, so, so, you know, through what we do at the show house and through uh, a lot of other uh, avenues, we try to foster these connections and and grow our community, not just within the design build world, but also the the world that we affect, the you know, the world of the clients that we interface with, the world of the um, cities and towns that we live in. Um, and through design, we can also generate uh, economic Yumminess. I don't know. Yes, exactly. And I think Marilyn can speak to that. Um, yeah. That yeah. Well. well, you know, everything Jennifer's been saying, at the end of the day, all of that speaks to local economic development. So through the Kingston Design Show House every year, we, you know, by bringing together, we average about 200 participants, you know, in the design build space who come together to create all these rooms. And in doing that, we've had real impact on the local economy because now these folks who are co-located in the region, now they're hiring each other, now they're starting businesses together. I think we're gonna talk about, Jennifer's done that. Um, so it's a way of supporting each other's business from a real economic standpoint as well. And this all stemmed from your the germ of the idea to doing the Kingston Design Showhouse from the beginning. Is this something that you had envisioned or is this something that's kind of organically blossomed into this? Well, I guess a little bit of both. I mean, so like Jennifer was saying, that hard part about building that Rolodex, that contact list. So when I moved up here from Brooklyn, I had to do that. And I didn't know anybody. And so the genesis of the show house was that mechanism that would help me and would help other people find each other. But at the end of the day, I was literally doing it for one reason, because I had made the move up here. I committed to being up here. I didn't want to then have my dollars not impact where I'm living, right? because that's, that's something that's important to me. And so that was always a piece of it, but I never envisioned how that would take form, meaning that I thought, well, okay, if I can co-locate these people and how Jennifer is saying, when you get a bunch of creative folks together, things are going to happen. So if the mechanism is in place, that allows things to naturally occur. And so just naturally what we've seen over the years that people are buying more from each other's services. So interior designers are hiring makers instead of going to the city. Local contractors are now more of a part of Hudson Valley design build projects. Um, all of that good stuff has happened, but I didn't, I couldn't have predicted that. I just knew that if we put people together, something would happen for the, for the benefit of all, right? <laughs> right. So, so since this started with your show house, um, that is a huge project. That's a huge undertaking, a huge deal. If the listeners wanted to say, I want to be a part of a community. I want to establish a community. This sounds like a really good idea. Rising tides lift all boats and that kind of thing to, to build this little economy with interior design to network and to, you know, buy and sell and, and lift up other designers, tradesmen and such without doing a show house. <laughs> what could that, yeah. what could that look like? And how, how would that benefit them at their business as well? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, what, what does yeah. that look like? I mean, if you want to start a show house, knock yourself out. I'm all for it. Do it. But... <laughs> Don't do it. Do not do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Call me and I will dissuade you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll second that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what? I, so moving the show house out of the equation, what is what does this look like, Jennifer? So, um, so I founded. A, it's specific to women, but of course it doesn't have to be. But mine is. But I founded a women's maker designer an artist cooperative um, about two years ago. Um, and basically what that looks like is all of our members um, get together monthly. We have meetings that we discuss our individual projects. Uh, we help each other workshop, you know, funky business things that may arise. You know, because I think the truth is that as a creative um, and with a specific talent, it doesn't necessarily follow that you're a good marketer or that you're good at bookkeeping or that, um, you know, you know how to manage contractors or whatever it is. Like there's all of these hats that you have to wear as an entrepreneur. And so um, anyway, so we get together and we help each other workshop through these uh, entrepreneurial issues, but also we help each other work through our creative process. And then we also come together and we make stuff together. Um, we just participated in Upstate Art Weekend, which is this really wonderful organization that puts a whole bunch of exhibitors and um, solo artists and their studios on a map. And so um, local folks, as well as you know, Upstate Weekend tourists can tour around and see all the different exhibitors and create itineraries for themselves. Um, and so in participating in something like that, we are, um, you know, coming together and like brainstorming some really like super weird and super fun ways of showing our individual work and then finding ways of putting them together to um, just make something totally new and totally fun. Um, I kind of specifically chose the people to participate in my co-op that I knew I could use to um, do custom work in my interior design business. So all of the women that I work with are women that can do wall murals, custom hardware, anything textile from like dyeing it from natural botanicals to creating the custom duvets and curtains. Um, so we really are coming together to um, not just, you know, have fun and make fun art together, which definitely is joy giving and life giving, but we're also feeding each other business. Right. Um, and yeah. so it really does work. And, you know, it's been about a year that the co-op has been sort of in its fullness and its full form and um, all of its sort of like functions working the way that they should. And everybody's gotten work from it so far and everybody's um, had an opportunity to have their work highlighted in some particular way through the other events that we participate in. Uh, so it works. And it's also, like I said, it's a ton of fun. We get together, we drink wine, we talk, we, uh, <laughs> uh, and we, you know, and we enjoy what has become like a real creative sisterhood. And it's, it's amazing. So how did you initially reach out to these trays just from being on the job and saying, hey, hey, Susan McNuggets, do you want to come and join my co-op? <laughs> or... um, well, you know, so so I guess it was, man, I guess it was like four plus years ago now. But when I first really moved upstate and was trying to figure out like how to get my bearings up here, um, I still had a business coach at the time and my my business in general was quite new. And she kept saying, products, products, you need products. And I didn't really understand what that meant. 
And at the same time, I had a friend reach out to me and ask if I could put together gift boxes of all um, like wonderful things that had come out of the Hudson Valley. Now that I'm up here and have access to all these things for a hotel of his, like VIP New York gift boxes for their guests. And in doing that, I was like, oh, okay, here's like, now I'm making product and making these gift boxes and I'm curating this, you know, thing. And by the end of it, I realized it was all women that had produced the stuff that I loved. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a thing. Like that's that there's like a narrative to that. Sure. Um, and so that was sort of the very beginning of me making connections to some of the women that I currently work with um that are a part of the show house and some have just been good dear friends of mine that have been um part of my creative community for many years and others i've just met through working in the show house and they've either come as visitors and we've had interactions or they've been participants mm -hmm. um or i've hired their husband as a handyman and now and now oh i didn't know that you do this and so you know this these uh connections get fostered in very like organic ways but you know what's interesting that you were saying about how your coach suggested you develop a product, um, which you did, and you guys do have products, but also Hinterland in and of itself, like the show house, is a product, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, it's interesting to think about it in different aspects. Totally that. And I, I hadn't spoken to that before, but so Hinterland is sort of the umbrella title of uh, where the co-op is based and where okay. the events happen, where our showroom is, um, where everyone has a little sort of micro collection, a little vignette, um, and you can come and sort of browse the products. And um, and so, yeah, and Hinterland has definitely become a bit of a brand unto itself, which I'm not sure if I anticipated that it would, if it would, you know, sort of take taken on the life that it currently does, but um, it's very exciting to see it kind of evolve as it is. So Hinterland is like the title or the name or the, the umbrella kind of that the, the co-op yeah, falls. The, okay. Yeah. It's that. So Hinterland is this, it's a, it's a property in the middle of Shokan uh, where the co-op has its showroom and where I we see. also host events. I see. Okay. So very cool. Co-op of Hinterland. Yeah. It's, it's really fun here. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> really fun here. <laughs> so, so let's say who wants to answer this one. So if Susan McNuggets is out there saying, man, I really want to be a part of this. Maybe they're not in upstate New York, Jennifer, or, you know, or they can't do the Kingston show house for whatever reason, where would you recommend an interior designer or an architect or, or whomever is listing a creative person that, you know, fits in that milieu would, would start to become part of a community or even start their own if they're ambitious enough? Well, you know, I think if you want to join, I mean, there, you know, obviously there's lots of fabulous organizations for designers of all kinds to join. Um, but I think I said, I said the same thing that Jennifer just said, which is I had a need moving up here to create something, right? So I had a real sort of personal need. And so did she. I think if you're trying to do something for yourself, that's literally the bedrock of it, right? Meaning that it's kind of like the analogy of, oh, this person started this cancer research fund. Why? Because many of their family had cancer. Because that personal investment is huge because all of this is a ton of work, yeah. A. But also it helps you to really crystallize what it is about your experience that's valuable that you can then take because that's kind of what products are, right? It's your experience and then it gets three-dimensionalized in the form of a show house or a product or Jennifer's gift boxes. So it's really, you know, if if it's it's less about looking to create something and more about having the need to create something. Because if you have the need to create something, all of the rest of it will happen, right? 
Is your interior design firm just so busy that you don't have any time to post on your own social media accounts? Are you at a loss with what to post? Do you have zero strategy? Well, then you need to give us a call, Wingnut Social, or go to wingnutsocial.com and hit that Let's Chat button, and we can take that all off your plate so you can focus on what it is that you do best. And that's not digital marketing or social media, I'm gonna guess, but it's designing for your actual clients. Focus on making that money and let us handle the rest because that's what we do best. Give us a call at 786-206-4331 or wingnutsocial.com. So when you're developing this, I say you're going, you start a Facebook group and it's the Susan McNuggets co-op and you're, you got your painters, you have your contractors, but you yourself, Susan, is an interior designer. Are we, I, how do I say this delicately? Are we inviting other interior designers into the co-op or do they have a different aesthetic? Do they have the same aesthetic, right? Do you know what I, you yeah, know what I'm getting yeah, at, right? A good yeah. Question. yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, so I, I would say selfishly, um, I, I probably, and I don't know if this is entirely true or not, but at the moment, I don't have any other interior designers in the co-op and I'm not opposed to it on any kind of like fundamental level. Um, it's just that that role is sort of fulfilled through me at the moment. Just like okay. I have one potter, I have one woodworker, I have one metal worker. So there isn't a whole lot of overlap in uh, skill, I guess, if, if yeah. you will. Um, and and I, perhaps as the co-op grows, that'll start to change. But what I will say is that after participating in the show house for several years, you know, the interior designers stick to have stayed together and have, you know, kind of created their own little community outside of the show house where we get together for dinners quarterly. There's definitely an email thread that's like, my contractor just bailed on me. Like, does anyone have a recommendation for yeah. a blah, blah, blah. So like that information sharing um, is happening in a way that I think old school interior designers that would keep all those contacts, all those contacts really um, private and be really secretive about, you know, their sources and all of that. We are constantly sharing like, oh, and also Instagram, right? So like everyone's posting all the work that they're doing. Oh my God, that's an amazing side table. Where'd you get that? There's no hesitancy to share a link. I so there is yeah. a lot of, there is a are, lot are of you, um, sharing. Are you guys familiar way. with BNI? the business networking yeah. something, mm -hmm. right? Right. So I was a member of BNI in Miami and they had us, um, it was actually like in writing, they had a position for designer. They might've had one or two or, or one position for an architect, you know, when, and once those slots were filled, you'd have to go to a different chapter of that community group. So there wasn't a lot of overlap. Well, you know, there's something like a lot of these things are kind of strategic sort of decisions. Sure. Like you kind of alluded to the competition piece of it. Yes. Right. So Jennifer's organization is set up for a particular programmatic point. Right. And so it's a cooperative that comes together and is their, their collective kind of skill sets that kind of works on projects. I was doing something completely different. I was I was trying to connect the design build industry. And um, and you laugh when you said about the competition thing, but it's a real thing. And in fact, the very first year I got that question asked a hundred million times by every single interior designer. Why would I want to be a part of this? I'm competing with every other interior designer. Mm -hmm. Never got that question except for the first year, because after the first year and I never answered that question. Right. Because yeah. it's an impossible question to answer because it, really, it really speaks to something emotional. Right. So, so I have no business response for that. Um, but. The reason why that question never came up again is because people actually saw 
that competition isn't a thing, meaning that it's only a thing if you make it a thing, right? Because there are more opportunities in figuring out where do you stop and where do I start and where can we collaborate, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, than there is the negative piece of it. But it has to fit your strategy. And the way I think like the, the market is so diverse in need that whatever your aesthetic is, whatever your process is, whatever your personality is, like there is a clientele for you. And I think that that kind of just negates the idea that competition is really a thing anymore. And I have to say, uh, my first time participating in the show house in 2019, I, you know, I had a relatively small space. It was my first time publicly putting my work forward in any kind of platform. And I was totally terrified about it. Like, imposter syndrome like you you really (laughs) and across the hall from me was michael cox like oh my god like like interior like big time interior designer to like the hamptons and i'm just like how is it like how is my space like you turn to the left it's his you turn to the right it's mine and i just was like i love that i don't know it was it was it was very it was terrifying but at the same time at the end of the day when the show house was complete you moved through every single room and like understood how each designer's aesthetic and sensibility was so totally unique that they weren't competing with each other in any particular way. They just all stood on their own as like individual and interesting spaces. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like you're right. The the competition is just like null. I love that in practicality in that um, we are all individual. Someone's hiring you. You're the only Darla Powell. You're the only Jennifer Salvamini. You're, you're, you're the only Marilyn Moore. You're, you're it. They're hiring you and that specific skill set they can come through. So on a 3d real life level, you're, I think you're a hundred percent right. Now um, as an aside, when it comes to like, search engine optimization, digital marketing, there's some things there that might be a little different. But yeah, so go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Marilyn. No, no, I was just going to support your point because the fact is, if you think about it really practically, once you start competing, what you are comparing is what I do similarly to what Jennifer does. Mm -hmm. And now that's your conversation. So now you've created the competition that nobody else would have ever seen if you hadn't done that, right? Because, because otherwise, I'm not at all like Jennifer. Yeah. And what I yeah. found when I was doing full-time design, right, is that made me more successful was not even worrying about who else was doing what. People would say, what are they charging? What kind of design are they doing? And I'd be, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know because I was just doing what I was doing there. So I wasn't that worried about it. And I think that that's, that's healthy in a way, you know, before I got into digital marketing anyway. <laughs> that's and it helps with all the PR stuff too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So we're, so we talked about the networking and being out in real life. Are there any digital um, remedies or, or advice that you would give someone? I was going to say, um, you know, when you were asking about like, you know, if you don't want to go ahead and like start a show yeah. house in order to network with the building a community, you know, it immediately occurred to me that like the majority of local and i think this is very specific for our industry because like while you can fly all over the world and you know uh do work for clients anywhere for the most part we're working where we live or within some sort of you know radius and i have found that um using instagram to connect with other locals whether local restaurants local um like local building community, local artists, whatever it is, but like keeping my Instagram um, tailored to and speaking to my local community um, has been wildly successful. And it's just, 
it is very strange. Like when you, like when you go to the grocery store and like you meet someone that you don't actually know, but you know, from social media and you have this like kind of intimate understanding of what each other's lives and works looks like that you've never actually crossed paths. Anyway, that happens all the time. And I think that, you know, using that platform, it, you know, aside from some soul sucking, you know, payment you might make to it, um, you know, for being, for being a free platform, it is incredibly, uh, incredibly useful. And, um, you know, in terms of sharing links, sharing information and communicating, it kind of has become everything. Um, and it's, and it's easy. Yeah. And the other thing too, like you mentioned the targeting, right? Like, you know, people think about Instagram about, I need like a million followers. The funny thing is the way to get a million followers is to target, right? Because you're targeting the people who are interested. They amplify your message to others who are interested. And to Jennifer's point, like Kingston Design Connection, we've grown exclusively. Our audience is all creatives. Nice. Um, And so that becomes not just a way to find out, find each other, but it also just becomes a way to actually grow your Instagram account in a way that matters to you, that can feed your business, et cetera, et cetera. That's hundred percent right. I don't know if you caught my episode with Maria Killam, but that's exactly what she does. Last, uh, as we're recording this, it aired last week. Yeah, it, exactly. You're hundred percent on the money. Ladies, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you with regards to the subject uh, that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the what up wingnut round? <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, I guess, you know, kind of, I think both Jennifer and I alluded to this too, just sort of keeping open if you are wanting to do your own thing, to be open to what may arise out of it, right? So, you know, we're on our fifth annual show house this year. We're opening in October. Um, house Beautiful is our media partner, which is the biggest media partner we've had today. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, which is amazing. But all of that, if I had this vision, right? It would have stayed this vision. And the fact that it it continues to grow in ways that I couldn't have imagined is due to kind of being open and being kind of honest with what's working, what's not working, being open to other input. Jennifer has changed so many aspects of what we've done with Kingston Design Connection, but we're not, you know, but you have, the organization has to allow for that to happen. Yeah, I think that's that's all totally well said. And, and just, um, you know, I guess just speaking to what Marilyn is addressing, it's like when you are working in collaboration with others, um, the possibility for left turns, for growth, for more work is very, <laughs> is very, very real. Um, but, you know, when you find people that are sort of committed to the same ethos and same mission and uh, same passions as you are. So many wonderful things can come out of it. Um, But to sort of understand what your limits are and what you're, you know, like what it is that you're uh, willing to commit to, because once that train has left the station, you're five years. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) Yeah. and, 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 you know, growth potential is really infinite. And so there, it's it's as exciting as it is exhausting. And so you to just really sort of, you know, um, understand what your, yeah, like what your limitations are and what your, and what your real intentions are, I guess, like to, to yeah. keep 
to keep everything super focused. If Marilyn and I were left to a bottle of wine and, <laughs> and our own devices, it would just, <laughs> and, oh, it would yeah. be pretty. Um, right. And, and if you want to start a show house, Marilyn says, do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Late. I mean, I'm happy to give you the pros and cons and you can make up your own mind, but don't come crying to me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be a participant, but maybe not run one. I, I think I know where you're coming from there. All right, ladies. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? We're ready. All right, Marilyn, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Um, okay, so I actually recently interviewed John Sherman, who's the founder of Flavor Paper. He's also on our board of the show house. And um, I am a person that likes to try everything, no matter how disconnected it may appear. And he seems to be the same person. So at one point, I was like, yeah, you know, we should just try it all. And he's like, oh, my God, absolutely. So, you know, that's literally what it would be. Here she is. She tried everything. <laughs> I love it. Jennifer? Uh, not dissimilar. I would be hashtag live sensually. Ooh, very, very nice. Okay, you guys are stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one food, one favorite food forever. What's it going to be, Marilyn? Um, so I don't know how many people will like this, but my favorite, I'm from Haiti. So my favorite food <laughs> is cow foot ragu. So it's like a stewed cow foot with various vegetables. Um, it's very kind of slimy and chewy if, if you don't like that texture, but it's like whenever I go home, it's literally the first thing. That, I that's definitely a first. It doesn't sound bad. I would try it because also I try it's everything. Jennifer. <laughs> uh, my grandma's pasta, Sunday sauce. Very, very nice. I could eat it every single day and, well, shouldn't. Love it. Good. Well, it's like you're on an island, so who, who cares? That's, it's carbs. Who cares? Who cares? Last but not least, <laughs> yeah. please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Marilyn. Um, so there's a book called The Bone People by this New Zealand woman called Carrie Hume, H-U-L-M-E. A, it's just a gorgeous book, but it was the first time that I remember reading a book where because the house is a metaphor for her life and it's this beautiful tower with like this lovely spiraling kind of staircase, et cetera. And it was the first time I ever read a book where I was like, holy crap, I really want to see that. Right? Like I want to build this house. Wow. I want to design this house. And we are building a tower at some point. I've convinced Fred of that. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, because I, I was very sheepish about approaching him and he was like, oh my God, I've always wanted a tower. I'm like, what? Yeah. Who doesn't like, want why? a tower? Yeah, that's so weird. Come on. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, so we have that in common. <laughs> Jennifer, what's yours? Uh, Tom Robbins Jitterbug Perfume. Ooh. And it's just this love story that spans millennia. Uh, total fantasy, but also really rooted in anthropology, like real, you know, sort of historical, cultural stuff. Um, and it follows multiple folks on a journey of discovery about perfume, which is my favorite, like, just favorite luxury thing in the world. And um, speaking of sensual, the book has it just covers all the bases from food to smell to sex. It's just like, it's very rich. That sounds good. Um, and playful. Yeah, it's just great. And I just love revisiting it. And it makes me, um, it just reminds me of, um, you know, just like the sort of what, what living hedonistly is kind of an okay thing to do. I figure you're either a Taurus or a Scorpio. Are you either of the? Scorpio. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> i have a book for you this is nonfiction. it's called the natural history of the senses oh yeah and so um this writer it's basically like a tour of the senses kind of through history but it also has amazing 
like she's had amazing experiences and she kind of talks about all of that through like the, the various senses. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds Bonus great. book. All right. Ladies, thank you so much for joining Bonus us. Book. Please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you. Jennifer, you go first. Uh, so you can follow my Instagram account, which is jls.lifestyle. Um, or you can check out my website, which is Jennifer L is in Larry. And then my last name is salvamini.com. Uh, and then if you want to see what Hinterland is up to, we are hinterland.ny on Instagram. Um, so for the show house, we have our Instagram and website are the same. So it's Kingston Design Connection and kingstondesignconnection.com. And then for uh, my client work, I have a design build firm. So it's Damore Drake, which is my last name and my partner's last name. And then Instagram is at Marilyn underscore Damore. Awesome. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Darla. So nice Thanks, to see Darla. you. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Remember to join us next week for our Monday's mini news with tips or tricks or advice about interior design business or marketing your interior design business. And Wednesday, we always have our interviews. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button so you can see us be ridiculous and smart, super smart. <laughs> on the videos. And remember, until next week, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Can't be good. Good boy, Mango.